You're listening to Minimalish, a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff, our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less, realistically. It's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. I am excited to be bringing you today an episode of Minimalism Stories. If you haven't heard our Minimalism Stories episodes yet, basically it's just an opportunity for me to bring a guest on and really talk about their journey to minimalism. And these episodes really vary. At first I was asking the same set of questions to every person, and then I realized that everyone's story is unique, so it doesn't make sense to ask the same exact questions. Or at least I'm not going to get as deep of answers. I'm not going to get to dig into their story and kind of their specialty when it comes to minimalism, what they're good at. I'm not going to get to all of that if I ask the same exact questions every time. So we start out with our guest's journey and story of minimalism, and then we dig into more specific questions that make sense for that guest. And I just love these episodes just for the very purpose of exploring what minimalism looks like in different families. And today I have Trisha Rieger, who is a mom of seven. They are a homeschool family and business owners. And we're really going to dig into what does minimalism look like with lots of kids? Because it's going to look different for someone that has a large family than it might for someone who has a smaller family. Whether or not you have a big family or a small family, this episode is going to bring you plenty of encouragement for your own journey. Trisha is very honest about her journey and just helps us, I think, all realize that minimalism does not have to look any certain way to be successful. You can follow along with Trisha at Clean House with Kids on Instagram. I'll put that in the show notes. I am always excited to share these minimalism story episodes because I really do think they get to the heart of something I love about this podcast, which is just a space to share stories. So let's go ahead and dive right into my conversation with Trisha. Trisha, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Before we get started, could you just tell our listeners who maybe don't know who you are yet a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay, that would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is so special. Okay, I'm Trisha. We have seven kids. I'm married to Matt. We have seven kids. They are five girls, two boys, ages 12 down to two. I've been on Instagram. My name is Clean House with Kids. I've been on Instagram as a content creator since between 2015, 2016, and we're full-time business owners. So that's who we are. I love following along with you there. You share such helpful content, especially when it comes to the topic of minimalism and decluttering, and you have a large family. So I want to hear about your story today, and I really want to talk about the topic of minimalism with a lot of kids, because I think some people think it can't be done, um, but you really share that it can be. So 
Before we dive into that, I want to hear a little bit about your family's story. Did Was there a point where like you first heard about minimalism and you decluttered everything or have you always been a minimalist? What did that look like for you? Okay. So I don't know if my story is like other people's, like everyone has their own story, right? So for us, I would say we were accidental minimalists. So basically my husband worked for the FBI and we like barely made ends meet, right? But we were okay. Uh, then he decided to quit the FBI and go into business for himself as a property manager. And that is when life fell apart. And that is kind of when we hardcore became minimalist because people joked like kind of like in a painful joking way, like Trisha's going to get rid of everything but her kitchen sink because we literally did not have any money. And so we sold everything to pay the bills. We sold the stuff off our walls, the books off our bookshelves, our appliances, like and so our house was pretty much empty. And that's what I mean. Like that was like, we, we did not go into it saying, oh, we would be happier. Or it was like, it wasn't like a decision. It was like a more of a desperation to empty the house in order to have money. That's so interesting because I've heard kind of like an argument against minimalism for some people saying that it's a privilege to choose to let go of stuff and to choose to get rid of stuff. And to choose to live that way. But it's interesting to hear the perspective of kind of doing it out of a necessity and choosing to do it so that you can have enough to live. Is there, whenever you did that, like from then to now, basically, because now you share about it as something that's been beneficial to your family. When did you kind of see during the process, which I'm sure was maybe hard to, to do and hard to realize, like, I have to sell all this stuff so that we can make ends meet. When did you start to see, like, the benefits of it? Okay, so when you said, like, you know, the way people come to it, I actually thought of something. One argument that people say to me all the time against minimalism, minimalism is, like, I want to hold on to stuff just in case I need it. And I'll be like, well, that flies in the face of literally years of our life where, like, we didn't even have that option. But the crazy thing is, is that we never like needed something that we couldn't get. So like I shopped mm. at Goodwill. Um, I mean, we, we were very thrifty, right? But like I could, I didn't hold on to my kids' pajamas thinking like, oh my goodness, you know, if I let go of this, we will never have it again. Like I would yard sale every single Saturday and I would find pajamas for 50 cents. And you know what I mean? Like there is a way to work around that. Okay, but back to like then to now. So things got crazy, okay? So that business failed. We started a new business and it really, really, really took off. And we started earning more and more and more money. And this is like the weird part of my story. Okay. So we kind of went through one and a half years of culture shock. So we went from um, like 2015, we made like $17,000. Okay. We were in debt. We had four little kids and we were making like no money. Okay. To then we were making all this money and so we started eating out all the time and we started like I remember going into a store and thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I could buy my kids XYZ because I have money. And so we went like kind of like we didn't get a cluttered home, but we almost went like the opposite direction. Okay, so we lived like that for a little while. And then we made the decision to become minimalist. So it was like accidental. And then like the other direction, right? And then I started realizing, okay, it was like I was chasing happiness, all right? Like I'm trying to yeah. buy stuff. I'm trying to eat out at nicer and nicer restaurants. I'm trying to wear nicer clothes, right? Like 
when will I be happy? When will my kids be happy? And there was a Christmas when I remember thinking like our tree could literally have so many presents underneath it. And by 11 a.m., our kids were miserable. They were all fighting over the same stupid plastic purple phone, right? And I was like, (laughs) why are we doing this? And so I don't know if you want to hear like about like the day it happened, but it literally came down to a day and a moment where Matt and I were both like, we're done and we have not looked back. Yeah. Tell us about that moment of like when you made that decision. Okay. It was a Sunday morning. We walked downstairs. We had a little tiny playroom. It was completely covered in toys that the kids were not playing with. And I literally got like, this is super controversial, but I literally got black trash bags and I was like, kids were were packing it up. And another one of your questions was, how did my kids feel about this? Like, you know, was this a family thing? Like, I know this is not going to be for everybody, but they were literally excited to get rid of the stuff because they were, it was not making them happy. So yeah, that's what we did. Like we packed up a bunch of it and I was looking for open-ended toys that encouraged creativity. And I left like three sets of toys, like building blocks, you know, like things that I knew they would play with every single day and everything else left our home. Yeah. You know, what it sounds like is your kids had that experience of living with less and then they were learning what it felt like to have maybe what felt like too much. What age were they at that point? They were like six and down. Yeah, I just wanted, you know, for anyone listening who's thinking about what it might look like, you know, for them. What I would love to hear is what is the biggest challenge in kind of staying on the path of minimalism and staying with less stuff uh, with a large family? Because you have how many kids now? Seven. Okay. I almost said six, but I was like, I think I'm wrong on that. (laughs) So you have seven kids. So what are the challenges that you find when it comes to like trying to keep an uncluttered home with seven kids? Okay. So yesterday my husband realized that one of our kids didn't have a water bottle and I realized that was it. That's it. It is literally the sheer number of if every single kid has a water bottle and they all come inside and put their water bottle on the counter. We have seven water bottles like instantly. Besides what Matt and I have, if the kids each have a pair of flip-flops and a pair of like water shoes, cause we have a Creek and they all come inside, right. And their flip-flops are already sitting there and then they all take off their boots. There are literally 14 pairs of shoes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. so I'm trying to write down, there were a couple other examples, but like, I think that's it. Like the sheer amount of laundry, even cause we do laundry every single day, but like there were a couple days, a couple weeks ago that I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, we don't have to do laundry for a couple days, but then the third day is so overwhelming. So I would say that's the tricky thing, but, but it's got pros and cons because the, the other side of it though, is that it shows you why it's so important to be intentional because you see like, okay, this is so overwhelming. We have to be really intentional with everything that you own. And I think that example can be applied to a family with four kids, can be applied to a family with nine kids, anywhere where you've got like multiples of things. And then you're in this mindset of like, oh, well, I need three water bottles for each kid in case we lose one or in case this or in case that. And then that's how you end up with so much clutter. Yeah. And like the house gets messy so fast. People write to me and they're like, oh my goodness, your house looks clean all the time. And I'm like, you have no idea. Like I'm inside <laughs> and the floors need mopped or, you know, they play Legos and Legos are everywhere. We bought watercolors, which is a really, really great thing. Cause like all the kids can be entertained, 
but like it just gets messy so fast. So being able to easily tidy is amazing for your sanity and for the sanity of your kids. Yeah, I love it. I realize I didn't put this on the questions, but one thing I wanted to ask you was, and that reminded me of it whenever you talked about the water bottles, it was clothes and, and your laundry, obviously. So do you, what do you do about kids' clothes? Because I know, I mean, that's the most overwhelming part for me. And I have one five-year-old and one a one-year-old, but our clothes are overwhelming because we get so many as gifts. So I've, I'm constantly paring them down. But what does that look like for you? Do you do like some kind of, do you have a method to making sure that that doesn't like pile up? Okay. So what I try to do is some version of a capsule wardrobe. Like I really try like for my boys for summer, for example, I have a 10 year old and I have a five year old, but I do the same method for both of them. I basically go to target and I get like, there's one pair of shorts that I really like, like it wears well, whatever I get every color. So it's like tan, gray, navy, olive green. I I think I buy like four for each, right? And then I just Mm -hmm. get like eight to 10 shirts that will match every single pair of shorts. And for the boys, it's super easy. Like then they have like two nice dress shirts and a pair of nice pants and that's it. Like they don't need anything else. They're fine. Girls is so much trickier, but I think just like having a conversation with your older kids. So now I have like you know, a girl that's going to be a teenager and then a girl who's 11. So it's a little bit different for them. So I asked them like, you know, what do you want to wear through the summer? And then like, let's make sure that we don't have too much, so, like a few pairs of jean shorts. And then same thing, like shirts that are always going to go with that. Um, like even just making sure. So I always start with bottoms and I pick a number, right? Like five or six. And then all the tops, I try to match the bottoms and then play dresses are just a whole nother beast. And I'll talk about that later. But always just paring down and then watching your child and seeing like, do you actually wear the jeans? You don't like the jeans? Then why are we still keeping the jeans? Like, what do you actually like wearing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I had that moment with my five-year-old the other day because she wants to make her own choices about what she wants to wear now. And she loves dresses right now. So like I said, she's spoiled by her grandparents and They'll buy her some t-shirts and I'm like, she, she's just not, she's not wearing them. And for us, I just realized that if we have too much of it, it's all going to end up scattered. And then I can't find what she actually wants to wear. And that, that's just how it is in our yeah. house. Do you find, is it enough clothes? Like, do you find that even at, like on, you know, a day where you, like you said the other week, where you didn't do laundry for a couple of days, do you find that even keeping it pared down, you have enough? Yeah. I think so. And someone, you know, you get these rude followers, right? But I've gotten some oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. So what if one of your daughters wanted to go shopping? I'm like, then we go shopping. It's not like I'm like, no, you can't have anything. So if they ran out of clothes, I would be like, okay, this is definitely a sign that you need more. I, I love that you said that because the reality of it is, is that you can have a method yeah. for something, but that doesn't mean that it's like, oh, we live and die by this. And <laughs> if this isn't how it is, like my kids just go out. And of course that's right. not how it is. Right. And that's not how we have to live. If minimalism is a value, it's just, it's just this, this boundary line of things are easier when it looks like this. So you know, we aim for this. And if we need to do something a little bit different, then then do it. That's okay. You know, life changes. 
Women are uniquely affected by higher levels of stress than men because of what stress can do to a woman's body. Prenatal stress specifically has significant effects on pregnancy, fetal health, maternal health, and childhood development. And stress has a significant impact on a woman's ability to conceive, along with an impact on breast milk supply. So I was really grateful to have a true expert in both women's health and in natural formulations back on episode 179. Stacy Littlefield was my guest, and she mentioned that for women who are pregnant, trying to conceive, or nursing, there are natural herbs and supplements that are not only safe, but they provide real relief and solutions for things like stress reduction and peace, for emotional balance, and to support a calm, healthy digestive system. The product we talked about most in that episode is called Peaceful Mama. Stacy is a master herbalist, and she has formulated a number of award-winning supplements for red remedies. She believes that Peaceful Mama is her best one yet, and I have personally experienced the benefits of Peaceful Mama. That's why I wanted to have her on the show, because it has been truly a game changer for me. Taking it regularly for several months now has helped me cope with stress and anxious feelings that were a part of my regular life previously. You can go to redremedies.com. That's red with two Ds, so R-E-D-D remedies.com. And use our code MINIMALISH to get 20% off. And you can't find that discount anywhere else. Stacy also formulated a supplement called Rhythm and Flow. For those of us who experience discomfort that can come with our monthly cycles and PMS. So go to red with two D's, R-E-D-D remedies.com and use code MINIMALISH for 20% off. I would love to hear um, just some of your encouragements for someone who's listening right now that might feel like minimalism with a lot of kids is impossible. Like you said, you know, just the sheer number of things, even if you just have one of them, uh, feels like a lot. There's always more coming in if we have kids, whether that's just like art projects or whatever else that that kind of clutters up our spaces. So can you just give some encouragement to someone who's listening who maybe does have a lot of kids and feels like this would be really hard for them? Okay. So it's hard enough being a mom. It's hard enough being mm-hmm. a mom with a lot of kids without there being stuff that's literally taking away your time, your energy, your peace, right? So I would say walk into your home as if you're a stranger, right? I mean, I've heard multiple people say this, like literally open your door and walk in as if you've never been there before and just look around and say, how do I want my home to feel, right? Do I want my home to be easily tidy? Do I want my home to feel peaceful? And then what are practical things that you can do to make it feel that way? And the other thing, as soon as you said the word encouragement, the first thing I thought of was it will make your life easier. Like, do you want your life to be easier? No one's gonna say no, right? The things I do, because I can get really stressed out. Like, I I mean, this morning I was like, the kids were like so loud. And I'm like, I'm getting ready for this podcast. Like, everyone be quiet, right? Um, But like, everything is over the top when you've got kids. So like, instead of like two little voices, there's like seven little voices, right? Um, But I would (laughs) say it will feel daunting, but figure out what works for you. What works for me is setting a timer. I went up into my girl's room the other day and it was a disaster. Like we had not decluttered for a while. It was a total disaster. And I was like, we're only going to clean for 10 minutes. And literally, as soon as the timer goes off, we're going to go do something else. And what it gave me was like a boundary of like, 
you can do this, Trisha. And what it gave my two girls who are eight and six was the same kind of like, oh, mom's not asking us to clean for an hour. Mom's not asking us to clean the whole room. Mom's just saying, can we do 10 minutes, right? And then turn on good music that they love, right? Their favorite Disney hits or whatever. And literally just work for 10 minutes. Always have a trash bag and just get rid of, get rid of, get rid of. The other thing that I will do with my kids um, so if you're a mom and you have a bunch of kids or even just a couple kids, I love doing this is I find what they value and I trade them. So like, I will say, you know, a penny for everything you throw away or, you know, we'll go on a shopping spree or we'll go get ice cream or just find what they value. Like literally a couple years ago, my girls were obsessed with Harry Potter and the room was also really, really bad. And I was like, we'll rent a Harry Potter movie. If you go clean your room, done, done. You know, so I would just say, figure out what, what you value in your own home, figure out what your kids value and then just work with them. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea of just working together with your kids. And that is another thing that kind of popped up in in my head while you were talking about that. Whenever you, you've got a lot of kids, so probably many different personalities. Do you have... Any, do any of your kids like tend to want to keep more and what do you do? How do you have conversations with them? Or like, how do you, I don't know, how do you work with the different personalities when it comes to stuff within your home? Yeah, we have a few of those and you, okay. Number one, it depends on your child's age. Okay. So I'm going to yeah. talk to a four-year-old very, very differently than I would talk to a 13-year-old. Right. My 13-year-old and my 11-year-old share a room, and even the two of them have totally different personalities. One wants, like, nothing in a room, and the other one wants, like, everything in a room. But I'm like, listen, <laughs> these are adult problems. Like, these are things you're going to be dealing with with your spouse, with whatever, with your coworkers for the rest of your life. So these are just, like, you're going to have to work this out, right? I mean, these are real-life problems. Um, but having respect for your kids the older they get, but also, like, figuring out some kind of boundary. So in my littler girl's room, we have a trunk that has a lid and each girl has one. It's a good size. It's like three feet long, right? What fits in the trunk stays. And that's the rule. And that's, and they have control over it. So if, if something starts not fitting in the trunk, then something's got to go. And they know that we know that. Yeah. I love both of those examples. So good. Um, Well, thank you for that. I know that that's like one of the questions that I hear over and over again is just how do you work with a kid that wants to keep a lot of stuff? So those are both just such good tips when it comes to that. Okay. I guess we touched on this a little bit, but I would love to hear a little bit more about like your systems for maintenance decluttering, because again, with a large family, you've obviously naturally got more coming in. Okay. So cleaning is a little bit different than decluttering, but like even with cleaning, you have to have a system. Like you have to have a routine. And you have to have like little boundaries. Like one little boundary we have is when the little kids come home from Sunday school and from church, the papers stay in their room for one or two days and then they go in the trash. Like you have to have some kind of little like systems like that. Um, I would just say pick a certain like number of days, like one to two weeks or something. And then you're going to go into their room and just work with them for 10 minutes or whatever. Right. But just have routines to all those things like on Tuesdays, we vacuum. On Wednesdays, we're going to clean the sinks and mirrors. We dump the little trash cans every single day. But like, even if they're tiny things, even if it's five minutes, having little things that the kids know, like, okay, we do this every single day, it really helps. Yeah, 
And I love that. I'm sure it's, like you said, something that there's a routine with, something that it's like an ebb and flow of just not constantly picking up so it's taking over your life, but just part of your everyday home management in general. You gave a lot of great encouragements already. But for someone who's just starting out on their journey, do you have any kind of last encouragements, any resources you want to share, or just like first steps, anything like that? Okay, so one thing I wanted to say is that one size does not fit all, okay? The things that I love that we have more of are not going to be the same things that you love that you have more of, right? I wrote down some examples for me. Um, So one would be like kids' books. We have a ton of kids' books right now. We went to some really, really awesome consignment sales in the spring, and they had like, you know, 50 gold books for like $2. Like I bought a ton. We have the space for them, and we do like a book rotation system, but like you know, my neighbor who also practices minimalism might not have very many kids books, right? Um, but we don't have a DVD player and we don't have any DVDs, right? So it's like, like we do only streaming services. So like what works for one person might not work for someone else. Um, another thing is girls dresses, like each girl, probably my little girls probably have like 14 dresses because when I was little, I didn't have pretty dresses and like it, is kind of like, I always wanted to feel pretty and dress up and stuff. So now for my girls, yeah, I'm going to probably buy them more than the next person who practices minimalism does, because it's just something that like I want to do. Our spring and summer decor, we have hardly any, like I literally put it up and forget about it until August. Right. But then I go all out in the fall and like on our um, banisters, I have like lights and leaves. And then we do the same thing for Christmas, right? Like last Christmas, I think we had like seven Christmas trees. But then once it all comes down, then we go back to like nothing. So it literally that's what I would say is one size does not fit all. Um, what is going to serve you in this season? What kind of season are you going through right now? Are your kids sick? Like, do you need to simplify even more? Or are you going to have the TV on more whatever? But like, I think that we as moms put so much guilt on ourselves. And I would just say, how do you want to simplify your home? How do you not like, sometimes we almost have to block out some of the noise and like appreciate what other people do. But I remember thinking to myself after watching some minimalists, because some people can like go crazy with like, like I said, that we were like seven years ago with like literally the empty home. But that's not where we are right now. Right? I would say we're more like, intentional simplifying as opposed to just an empty house. So I remember thinking to myself, like, what is our goal? Is our goal like to win the, you know, the trophy for the emptiest house? Or is our goal like to have good routines and to not have clutter around and things like that? So good. I love all of that. I have nothing to add because I could like fully 100% agree with all of it. I just love the idea of making minimalism personal. That's why I have this podcast to begin with, because I fell into that feeling in the beginning of just like, well, am I not doing it right? And we have more stuff here while others have less. And just like you said, it's personal. It's not meant to like take away our personalities or take away the things we love. It's just meant so that we can have more time, space, even money for those things that we do love and those things we value. I have two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that you are simplifying right now? I feel like when you've done so much paring down, then it's like, okay, what is it? But I feel like where I am right now is like walking around the house and seeing like, okay, do we actually use that? Like, do we actually still need that? Like things like that. 
but as opposed to like yeah. major decluttering, because I feel like we've done that. And so the maintenance mode has, I mean, please just let this be an encouragement to all your listeners, right? Is like, once you get through the major, major decluttering, it will get so much easier. And when you, even when you are in a phase where you're like, I need to simplify this room yeah. again, it's because you've done that. It's because you've walked around and you thought like, oh, well, you know, I thought I still needed this stuff, but you know, seasons of life change. And now we're not even using that anymore. So I love that. Um, the second question is, what is something that you're loving right now? Ooh, these are such good questions. I am loving <laughs> spring. And let me tell you why. Okay. So for years of my life, so I'm 36, probably until I was like 32, I would tell people I don't like spring. Okay. I love fall. I love winter. I love colder weather. I love fireplaces. I love all of that. Right. And so I would tell people super negative, right. I don't like spring. And literally I made a conscious decision. Like I am going to change my mindset around it and I'm going to look for ways to love spring. And it's like, literally my eyes have opened and I'm like, why, why did I not like, like all the flowering things and the warmer weather? Right. So it's all, it's all mental, right? Like it all literally goes back to mindset. Um, but I would say I'm loving spring and I love the kids. The kids are in our Creek right now and they're just loving life. And I love the quieter house. So I love it. I love it. I'm all for spring, especially after this winter we had, like, I feel like it was so long. Um, okay. Well, last question I'm going to tack on to all of it is what's something that you are learning about minimalism right now? I think I need to do a better job with habits and routines. Like I was talking about the routines, but we need to do a better job of it. And I feel like I need to do a better job with like getting the whole family's buy-in and like us always, like it sounds so easy, like, oh, you know, everybody just do these things together. But I would love for it to be a more seamless process. And I know that I, and like my attitude and everything is always like the leader in it, right? Like for our family and for our kids. So I'm reading this book right now. It's called like the habits of the household or something. And I definitely want to do a better job with that because I feel like if we were all on the same page and, or even like more on the same page and like had just more like habits in place, like even through summer, like school's about to close and I'm thinking, okay, so what, how are we going to do with this in the summer? You know? I know. I, I've been feeling that with my five-year-old because she's kind of getting to that age where I'm like, she could have chores. Like she could be helping more. And some, she does for fun sometimes. Like when I'm unloading the dishwasher, I'm like, how could we make this more of a thing, make it more of a habit, but also not like take the joy out of it because it can be Uh joyful to do those things together and take care of our home. So I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, This episode is just full of so much value. So um, where can listeners come find you after they listen so that they can follow along? Oh, you're so sweet. This has been so much fun. Clean house with kids. I am on Instagram. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks so much again for coming on the show. Something Trisha said in today's episode is something that I have been feeling a lot lately, and that is the noise sometimes distracts us from what we really need. Trisha mentioned that sometimes we need to just block out all of the noise. Even though there's such great and helpful content out there on the internet, Trisha is one of those people creating the content, and I'm creating content here on the podcast as well. I want to echo Trisha and encourage you and encourage myself to block out the noise if we're feeling like we are always spinning our wheels, trying to figure out, okay, what does a pared down home look like for me? And 
what do I need to do next? And what habit do I need to set? And, you know, what routine would look, would actually make sense for me? And where can I declutter more? If you're feeling, I don't know, just like overwhelmed by all of those questions that might be revolving around your head, maybe it's just because you're watching too many other people's journeys or you are trying to figure out what will work for you by searching in someone else's life. There's a time and a place for that, of course. That's why we share information. That's why we have books and podcasts and everything else. But there's also a time and place to really dig deep and decide, okay, what what would actually work for me? Let me take all of these things that I've learned. Well, let me take some time to get quiet and ask myself those questions instead of constantly be looking for the next best solution that someone else might be doing in their life. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation today and I hope you're enjoying the Minimalism Stories series. I have more of them coming because they are one of my favorite things to do to just kind of get back to basics and hear stories about minimalism and intentional living and decluttering in other people's lives. If you did enjoy this episode, I would be so appreciative if you would share it. You could share it online somewhere, on Instagram. You can text it to a friend. I'm always grateful when you do that. And I am thankful that you're here today listening in. So thank you for being here. And I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.